Welcome everyone to our podcast. Thursdays with Mo and Joe. (laughs) Did I get it? She did it. (laughs) Yeah. Proud of you, Moesha. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody. How's your day been? Me? My day? Yeah, you. I'm not talking to the... They can't respond to me. Well, I just thought you were asking them a general question. Okay, my day. Um, Woke up at 12 o'clock, had some lunch with you, and now we're here. All right, all right. What about you? Yeah, literally the same thing. Woke up at noon, went to lunch, now I'm here. So, that's pretty great. I did have a conversation with my parents. I mean, they called me to tell me all the uh, food that they were making without me. Yeah, I think... Uh, their version of showing their love for me was showing me all my favorite foods that I'm missing out on. So that's, that's horrible. I know. That's horrible. I miss my family. I miss the food, the home food. So nice. Moesha, what'd you do this weekend? Um, lots of homework. There was one night I spent like from 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. doing homework. So basically that was my weekend. That's horrible. Yeah. Did you, uh, watch any good movies? I don't think so. No. Well, there was, you know, we watched Doctor Strange with Richie. Right. It's a great movie. Of course. It's a yes. great movie. Yes, I agree with you. Fantastic. I love, <laughs> in that movie, I love when um, the effects of the whole Dormammu scene. I don't like the Dormammu scene. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. Yeah, and it's just like <laughs> he does it again and again. It's smart, but it's kind of like, you know, anticlimactic. But I really like the effects in it, you know? It's not that great of a scene, but... so. Food. Let's talk about it. Yeah. What do you think? Um, what exactly in food are we talking about? The weirdest things we've eaten? What food or, did you okay. miss? What food what did food you miss, miss? While, while, okay. that your parents have been texting you? Um, okay, so there, there's this thing called doubles. It looks pretty awful, but it's super good. Um, what does it look like? A Jamaican beef patty. It looks like a, Jama- a Jamaican beef patty. Okay. Kind of. All right. Well, what does it taste like? Like heaven. Like heaven. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I miss uh, my mom's mac and cheese. I, I've i always had this thing where, like, Kraft mac and cheese doesn't taste the same if my mom doesn't cook it. And I, like, won't. There was one time, like, my dad made it, and I was like, mm, this isn't right, Dad. Like, mm, and, you know, so they would always get mad at me. I, I still don't know how to cook it that way myself. Now I'll eat other people's Kraft mac and cheese, but it still hits different when mom makes it, you know? Well... We're going to move to the word of the day, which is... Dumplings. Dumplings. That's right, folks. All right. Let's get our guest in here. Everybody, you know her so, so well. Her name, Ruth Aguilar. (laughs) Hi, Ruth. Hey, Ruth. What's up? (laughs) Hey, guys. How are you? So good. Yeah, we're chilling. How are you, though? Good. I'm excited to be here with you guys. We're excited to have you here. You know, we were just talking about food. Oh, food. Yeah. Tell us about some food that you are missing right now oh my gosh um basically everything from back home um the most i think they're called baleadas um it's like a tortilla with beans and eggs and everyone like kind of adds whatever they want but back like my mom makes them with beans eggs um like a special sour cream Sorry, but better than the one you guys have here. Okay. Um, okay. And then avocado. So it's pretty nice. Ruth, can you tell us where back home is, please? Oh, yeah. Hey, everyone. I'm from (laughs) Tegucigalpa, Honduras. And uh, yeah, if you don't know, it's 
in the heart of Central America. So you actually have an interesting setup, uh, room setup. Can you tell us who you're rooming with? Oh, yeah. So right now, my roommates are Jocelyn and Joami. They're also from Honduras, but they live like five hours away from me um, in San Pedro. That's what their city's called. What has that been like, rooming with, you know, two people that... It's actually been pretty lit. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. We speak Spanish all the time. We watch shows in Spanish, movies. That's Um, sick. So, yeah. Really cool. So, you're a little bit of a volleyball star in Honduras. Sort of. Maybe just a little bit. Yeah. I don't really see what all the hype is about, but maybe you could. Well... (laughs) I wouldn't say star, but I was, um, well, I've been playing in the national team since I was 13 years old, I think. Yeah, I started the in the... national team. She just brushed by that. But I'm not like a star. <laughs> but, but I'm not a star. <laughs> just saying, I don't know. Um, but um, I started playing in the junior national team, the U18. Um, but before that, I played volleyball for like two years in my high school. Um, and my high school coach was like the assistant coach of the national team. So she was the one who brought me to like the tryouts and stuff. And then I just kept like practicing and kept playing volleyball. And, um, every year I went like up a category, I think, or like, yeah, like when I was 15, I played in the U20 and then 17, U23. Um, and that same year I played in the like national with the old ladies national team <laughs> the Whoa. old so ladies. like you know compared to me they were like 20 something so it's pretty cool Ruth, i'm 20 something you're not 20 something Moisha. like i'm like <laughs> saying like 20 uh. from 24 28 like ah, that that okay. was the age range yeah were you like keeping up with them or were they like they better than you yeah they were better than me i was just there like I made the team. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't like start all the games. Sure. Because they were better than me. But you so know, they were I the improved real a stars. lot there. Yeah, they were the <laughs> real stars. Yeah, I was just learning. Do you have any like favorite memories from that? Um. Yeah, I think. Well, it was 2017. We were in Belize. It was the U20 um, Central American tournament, and I remember that we won like almost all the games and then we had the two good we were playing the two good teams on the last two days um and Honduras like that U2018 U20 team has like had never won um a silver bronze or gold medal for like 20 years so it was like a pretty pretty like like um, big game so we were basically playing against Guatemala for the silver medal and we won. We won Whoa. in five sets. It was pretty wow. Um, the game was like two and a half hours long. Oh my wow. god! Wow. Yeah, what? it was because we were so close. Like it was five sets, and we were like ten, ten, like fifteen, fifteen. Because, mm-hmm. but yeah. So I think winning that silver medal, we couldn't win. We lost against against Costa Rica for the gold medal, but whatever. We won the silver medal, so that was good. That's probably my favorite uh, memory mm. and you're yeah. on the enc team now yes I how, am. how is that shout that out plug it all that well i like it i like playing with the enc um women's volleyball team 
they're fun. Um, I remember last year I was so nervous because I was like, I was used to playing volleyball in Spanish. I don't know how to say like all my life. And then playing volleyball here, like in English was like so weird. I couldn't mm. talk at all in the court. I was like, and coach was, coach would get mad at me. I remember this and he can hear this cause it's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was like, like, come on, like you gotta step it up. But I was like, I can't say words in Spanish because I don't know, like they won't get like, it. Yeah. yeah like, like your instinct is just say something in Spanish, exactly. but no one's going to understand you. Totally. Yeah. Communication. Totally. So key. freshman year, I didn't talk at all in the court and he would call me out so many times, <laughs> but I just couldn't help it. But then um, this year I kind of like learned like how to like, you know, react more um, and talk to my team. And we had a pretty good season. We won the conference championship last semester. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you very much. That I was guess you cool. are a star for ENC. A little Just bit. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit, she says. So you play volleyball for ENC. Uh, what else do you do for ENC? Or about to do for ENC? Okay. I was like, mm. <laughs> well... I'm the student body president-elect for next year. Um, I'm pretty excited about that. Even though our training looks kind of different because all the COVID-19 I didn't even think about that. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Um, What's the the conference that they do? That's canceled, right? NSLC. Yes, it was going to be here, but no, it's canceled. Yeah. And apparently next year is going to be here, too. Because we didn't have it this year. That's cool. That's cool. But yeah. Um, but yeah, we're really excited. Um, we meet with the council once a week just to like discuss how can we like keep in touch with students even though we're like apart, like no one's on campus. Um, but yeah, we also started like planning some stuff. I know the Julia, director of spiritual life, started like talking with Tara about some like about different things of how we can like change the routine a little bit with like spiritual you know activities um i also know that emily cypher also started like a publicity committee like she's starting like to look for people that would love to do that and that's pretty cool like i think that next year we're gonna have a good um publicity committee mm-hmm. and yeah Jesse and tori also started like planning some different events we're we'll see if we like get them approved yeah but they're gonna be (laughs) really fun could be exciting yeah all right that's dope so ruth i want to know a story about ruth just a ruth story give it to me um so yeah this is a story of something that happened to me and my volleyball team back home and it's a little bit more intense of of what we've been talking about but just be aware of it okay um, so it was a normal day in the life of Ruth, you know, back in Honduras. Um, and I had practice um, with the national team in this like public space. It's like a like where all the sports go to practice back home in the capital, Tegucigalpa. Um, so it's like open for everyone, for the public. So we were about to practice and then um, we were changing the bathroom because um, we always practice after um, school. So we were changing in the bathroom and then half of the team was there, but then they left. And then 
it was only me and like three other girls and the assistant coach was like in the bathroom we were like you know the mirror just looking we were like you know ready um but then we were about to go out and suddenly someone like a man um comes in and turns the light off and like points like a gun at me like he was like okay like give me the money give me the money like um and I like I freezed I was like like what should I do he said it like two times I was like oh shoot like this is actually happening um it happened so fast because he turned the light off so it was like it was not like and he was so small that's the that's the other thing that like, I'm tall and he was probably like five six so that was like <laughs> so you're like towering over him but yeah I was like thinking if I could like actually do something but of course I didn't um so whatever I opened my bag and I gave him my phone and then um he points at my friend well friend it was not friend more like a teammate I don't know um and Ouch. She, oh <laughs> no listen you're gonna yeah you you need to hear this so then she was like well he said the same thing like give me the money give me everything you have um and she was like no like just saying like no to the guy and he was like come on like we don't have time give me the money and she was like I don't have anything to give you blah 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 um and then he was like okay if you don't give me anything in like five seconds and he points at me like he like puts the gun on my leg and he was like if you don't give me anything um in five seconds who I'm gonna shoot you or your friend and I was like oh my my gosh gosh, just give him something i don't know your phone like whatever just uh. but she was like no like i'm not i'm not um but then he was like you know what everyone go to like the back wall so we were there like we went to like the back wall just like this like you guys can see that but um (laughs) we were like there waiting because he was like gonna check all the bags but i don't know how he was gonna do that because he didn't have enough time Whatever, the point is that we were, like, on the back wall, and um, all this happening, the assistant coach was, like, in the bathroom. So she came out and started yelling, like, oh, my gosh, help, help, everyone, like, help. Like, we have families, like, don't shoot, and whatever. So, But she was really, really loud mm. that the guy just left. Um, and then she, he just left with my phone. Like, no one else gave him oh, anything geez. except me, and I was like, okay you're the only one who got robbed yeah but but yeah and then everyone was crying i didn't even have like i was like so like in shock that i didn't even cry but but yeah we practiced after that so every everyone was like more calmed down let's go back to your friend slash teammate though exactly that's what i said she's not she's just a teammate she was just a teammate a friend wouldn't do that just give him the phone <laughs> oh so that was like a defining moment for you guys oh, in yeah. your relationship it was like like a phone in a did life that. did you guys ever speak about it after no well she said that he, she knew that the gun was not real but like how could what? i don't even know how, like how, how could she just go to practice after that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i can't I imagine know. that um two of the of the girls didn't practice but did you practice i did i did just because, I don't know, I was not going to, like, stay there and watch the, them practice and just cry. I don't know. Mm. I cried a little bit, but then I was just, like, I just need to, like, practice, yeah, like, play volleyball. Get your mind off it. Yeah. For sure. That makes sense. But, yeah, that was, that was my intense story. Well, that's an awesome story. Yeah. Awesome is 
one word for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, it's sad, but, but you know, in the end she only lost her phone. It could have been a lot worse. So yeah. it is yeah. a really cool story in the end. Found of, out who your friends were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, what, a, what a, what an intense way to figure out who the real ones are. <laughs> yeah. Joey, right, Ruth, I would well, give up my phone for you just so you know. Okay. All right. <laughs> so thank you for coming in, Ruth. We've had a blast. Um, your stories were awesome and, we look forward to n- next year and all that's going to come. Well, thank you guys for thank having you, Ruth. me. Thank you, Ruth. All right, and now we're going to move it over to Lynn and Carrie, and they have a special guest for you guys, so enjoy. Hey, ENC, we're back. We're back. Hi there. We have a special guest with us today. Could you introduce yourself, special guest? Hi, guys. My name is Craig Brown. I work in the Multicultural Affairs Department with uh, Robert Benjamin, and I'm a GA uh, on the Marriage and Family Therapy Program at the college. Did you know that Craig is an Olympian? Did you know that? I did know that. <laughs> oh yes. I Craig, tell us a that. bit about that. Oh Interesting, gosh. fun fact. Okay. Well, yep, I went to the Olympics in Athens 2004, uh, competed in the sport of Taekwondo. Um, it was a crazy experience. Mm. It was like 10 world championships in the same place at the same time, like a big party. But it was really cool. I mean, I went when I was 21, so it was about 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a challenge, but it was great. It was a lot of fun. So yeah. I remember when I first found out that Craig was an Olympian, I wanted to scream it across <laughs> campus. Because <laughs> 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 it's like, does everybody know that he's walking across our campus, this Olympian? Well, I'll shout it out now. Shout out to Craig Brown, Olympian. ENC student. Well, I also I have another question for everyone today. So we just met Exec SGA in our icebreaker question for the day. I'm going to ask you as well, okay. which is what's something you believed from childhood? So like mine is uh, in the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, first day of Christmas, instead of partridge in a pear tree, I was convinced it was a party in a bear tree for a number of years. Wow. Shouldn't have ever change that that's way cooler than a partridge i'd rather have a party than a partridge so can you share with us something you believed from childhood well i can't remember anything personally but um the ga in my office bubba snotterly (laughs) we discovered this last year at christmas time we were singing we three kings of orient are and we discovered that bubba thought that there were three kings from the country of Orientar. <laughs> we three kings of Orientar. <laughs> of Orientar. And we, it was this revelation that happened in our office um, that we continued on to the second part of that song. We three kings of Orient are bearing gifts. We traveled afar. So that was kind of fun. Sorry, I didn't Orientar. have one for no. yeah. <laughs> Craig, how about oh. you? Something that from childhood I thought was true. Mm-hmm. You know what I did believe? I don't know if it's relevant or whatever, but I used to, I, I heard this like superstitious like idea that if you walked on free manholes, you'd have bad luck. So mm-hmm. I used to be like jumping t- on the pavement trying to avoid them, you know? <laughs> or also if I went under a sign where it was like, like it looked like a legs, like you had two legs and a sign above it. If I went under it, it was bad luck. So I used to be like walking on the street, avoiding them. A bit weird, mm. but 
That's what I used yeah. to believe when I was younger. Yeah. You know? Very superstitious. <laughs> yes, I was. Mm-hmm. Well, this morning we're going to revisit uh, our talk about the exile and why this is relevant to us today. Um, so again, in scripture, the people of God were living in the kingdom of Judah, and it was overtaken by a much stronger power, the Babylonian Empire. And that stronger power came in and destroyed their city. It dispersed the people of God throughout the whole empire. People didn't have control over where they went or who went with them. They were flung to the farthest reaches. They no longer had the practices or the traditions or the rhythms of their daily life that had defined them for so long. They had no control. They couldn't work. Uh, they, the houses they'd worked so hard to establish, their community, their network of people were gone and destroyed. And a lot of people tell me that the Old Testament is antiquated or they can't relate to it, but I can't think of a story that I relate to more right now than this story of exile, the story in which a stronger power for us, coronavirus, has come in and taken control of my life. It controls what I can do and what I can't. It's disrupted those rhythms and practices and the roles that I filled that are the things that I found my identity in are gone and ripped from me. I'm no longer with the community that I built. I'm no longer able to participate in the same rhythms and practices. Uh, So for me, I feel like I am one one of the people of God in exile uh, with no control, uh, controlled by something, a power outside. And so that's why we're talking about exile. Yeah, I think that just going back to your comment, Carrie, about the Old Testament, I think that's, it's a fair question to ask. And I think it's a question a lot of students ask is what relevance does this historical, maybe they would consider it out of date book, what does that have to bear on my life today? My life isn't the same as, right, Israelites, Mm -hmm. I'm not having the same experiences. But I think the scripture that I was particularly drawn to this week is going to prove that wrong and is going to prove to us that this, this, these important words, the Old Testament, are a living word for us today. We, we, people refer to it as that Christians refer to God's word as a living document. And I think that what the word has to say to us today um, is going to help us maybe embrace, embrace exile, embrace Old Testament scripture, embrace the fact that these stories of exile are in in many ways similar to what we're experiencing today. So the scripture that I was drawn to this week that comes from a reflection of exile um, of the Israelites is from Psalm 137. And I felt like it was a great intersection of thought and reflection of both exile and Holy Week, which we are in this week. So let me read to you um, from the Old Testament from Psalm 137. Verses 1 to 6. By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars we hung our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? If I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my, tongue, may my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, if I do not consider Jerusalem 
my highest joy. When I first read that, and I read this over the weekend while we were remembering and celebrating Palm Sunday, I thought this is, this is sort of what we're experiencing in that day. How can I sing a song to the Lord when I'm in a foreign land? And it feels like we're in a foreign land. I think for me, as I've interacted with students recently, uh, there's almost this like reluctance to gather together. Um, I think it's because it reminds us of what we've lost every time we're on a meeting call together on a Zoom call. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just reminds you that we can't be in the same place, that the things that we did before aren't going to work for us now. And so it opens up again, the cut again, Mm -hmm. the pain again. Uh, for us to process. And so for many of us, it's just easier to stay home, to not call anybody, to not reach out, to just bury our heads and and not try to keep those connections because those connections are painful. From the very first part of this chapter, the very first verse, by the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. I mean, I have done that. I've done that pretty much every week. I've sat down somewhere I've thought about and remembered and wept as I've remembered ENC and remembered what life was like just four weeks ago. Have either of you had moments like that? You know, when I think of verse four, you know, it talks about um, how can we sing these songs of the Lord in a a foreign land? And I think the foreign land can represent the foreign situation we find ourselves in, you know, in a situation where we can't leave home or we can't, like you said, gather as we usually would, you know, and it can be, I mean, singing songs could be like trying to be positive. How can we be positive when we're in this foreign land where it's so unprecedented, you know, so it can be difficult to try and stay positive and focus on, you know, you know, like remembering, you know, like if you want, um, Zion or remembering how it usually is, remembering sorry, Babylon, how it u- usually is, you know, how when we can see our friends, when we can live life as usual. So that really struck, stuck out to me as well. As they're reflecting, um, they're reflecting about even the place in their mind's eye, they're um, on the poplars, they're in the trees where we hung our harps, where we set down our instruments. We think about even the chapel gathering, where we sat down, where we sang songs together, where the guitars rested and the drum set was, and the vocal team was standing on the platform. I'm gonna get emotional. Hmm. When we remember that place and what we did in that place, how can I sing a song of joy? How can I say um, Hosanna when I'm just sitting in my sorrow and reflecting on um, remembering ENC and what we've lost? The psalmist goes on and keeps really in this sentiment of lament. If I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you if I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. For me, the way this scripture comes alive, it's saying to me, if I forget ENC, if I forget the things that happened there and the people that I met and the ways our lives intersected, um, may my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth and not be able to utter another word if I don't remember those things and consider those my highest joy. It's hard to just sit in it. It's hard to just sit in the lament. 
Yeah, and I also feel like when we think about, you know, yesterday um, in the scripture, they're being asked to sing songs of joy, you know, and maybe it could be, it could have been meant from the, um, an intention of trying to cause some sort of um, torture. But I feel like perhaps even though they're being forced to sing it, they could sing it, but with their own perspective of hope. So they're singing these songs of joy and not because just to, resp like, be because they're being forced, but because they want to, because they are thinking about, okay, this shall pass. You know, if they like trying to, you know, hold on to the faith that it shall pass. And we're, and we're, pre we're preparing and getting ready for when life will return to normal. Right. You know, when, yeah. you know, when this coronavirus will be over, you know, and we can engage with our, with our friends and our families. We can live the life that, you know, that we miss, you know, that, that when they are sitting, you know, by the rivers of Babylon and remembering, you know, Zion or remembering, when, you know, they could just hang out with their friends, you know, mm -hmm. and do everything they're doing, or they could be in chapel, you know, together. We could be in chapel together, you know, for like, we could sing it, songs of joy from that perspective, mm -hmm. you know, to try and hold on to that hope, you know. In this scripture, they're called to remember Jerusalem and Zion and not as a place. They're called to remember those pieces of who they were and who they are and what that place represents for them, which is their identity as a member of a community and their identity in the Lord as the people of God. And so separating from this, that they don't need to be in that location to be the people of God. And that's the call to us now is yeah. what are the things mm -hmm. that really define us as the people of God? And it's not this place, this campus is mm -hmm. not what defines us. It's the spirit of God at work in and through us and the things that we've learned from one another and the things that we do are um, what we produce is not who we are in this mm -hmm. time where we're not able to produce anymore or we don't have those labels and roles anymore. It's never been about those things anyway. And remembering that uh, we are who we are because God, that's who God has called us to be, that who's God says we are and not what we've made of a particular place. I don't want to jump ahead to the Gospels, but in John uh, chapter 15, when Jesus says, uh, I am the vine and you are the branches and invites us to abide in him, he's even reminding the people of God there that you thought you needed to abide in Jerusalem. You thought mm -hmm. that was the place where mm -hmm. you needed to live, but you need to live in me. You need to be connected to me. Wow, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. That is it for this week and this conversation. We hope that we've left you with some thoughts about your own identity, about who we are as a community, and how the living Word of God is active and speaks to us today. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 And I'm Marcy Zaccardi. Um, today we're going to be reading a couple of sections from uh, other people's poetry. Um, I'll be reading something from Pillow Thoughts 2 by Courtney Pepperknell. And I'm going to be reading something from um, The Flowers Need Love to Grow to by Sierra Blasco. Love isn't always about falling in love with a person. Love is passing your final exams. Love is watching the sun come up between the clouds. Love is finding the light when you were in the dark. Love is when your favorite TV show returns. Love is when your dog tilts its head with confusion. Love is a free ice cream voucher left on your car windshield. Love is leaves falling in the fall. 
Love is learning the constellations. Love is solving a ridiculous math problem. Love is the changing Starbucks menu for the seasons. Love is watching a child play in a sandbox. Love is warm clothes when they come out of the dryer. When you say you've given up on love, all you're really saying is that you've closed your eyes. Open them. Paris is always a good idea, but not always a practical one. Listening to the rain is always a good idea. What about when the sun is shining? Walking and watching the world turn is always a good idea. But what about when your bones are heavy and your limbs too weak to hold you up? To rest, to sleep, perchance to dream is always a good idea. But what if there's just too much to do where you close your eyelids and find yourself confronted with only the interior of your mind? Light is always a good thing. Color, rainbow, grayscale, or monochrome is always a good thing. Life, life lived, if not always loved, is always a good thing. Joy, and if not joy, hope. And if not hope, calm. And if not calm, peace. And if not peace, breath. Just breathe. Thank you, 311, for that wonderful poetry. You guys inspire me to, like, want to write my own and look up more. So. Yeah. I would love yes. it if you performed a poem on the podcast, Moesha. That'd be awesome. I will do it if you do it with me. You know what they have a lot of here? What, Joey? Squirrels. Yeah. There's a lot of squirrels on our campus. Yes. You know, it is almost the end of the world. We may start getting desperate for food. Oh, please. <laughs> you think we're going to end up I don't, having I don't to know. eat the squirrels on our campus? Ruth, what do you think? I think you're right, Joey. Yeah, yeah exactly. You would, you would agree exactly. with him. <laughs> I would. I've never eaten a squirrel. Do but you want ready, to? You're ready to try it? I'm ready. Well, that's actually perfect, Ruth, because we happen to have somebody that we know who may have an apocalypse squirrel recipe that slaps. I don't think it's a... So, an apocalypse squirrel recipe. The only problem, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only difference is, is that for them, it's not an apocalypse exactly. thing. It's just that's just normal. normal. So we're excited to find out a little bit more about this. We're gonna go ahead and call Shelby, our girl from Spiritual Development. And Shelby she's gonna Robinson. put her grandmother on the line, and we're gonna have a conversation about squirrel and how to prepare them. Hello. Shelby. Shelby, what's up? What's up? Hey. So we heard Hello? that you've got some recipes that may help may come in handy at the end of the world. That's right. I have. Yeah. So I'm here with my grandma, and we are in Western North Carolina, um, just outside of Asheville. I bet she has a bunch that she could share with you guys. All right. And what what do we call your grandma? Uh, mamma. Mamma. We can call her mamma. Hi, mamma. Hi, mamma. Hey. Ah. Mama, I'm Joey. And I'm Moesha. And I'm Ruth. Nice. nice to meet you, girls and guys. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mama, we're really interested in how you prepare and cook squirrel. Can you tell us a little bit about that, please? Okay, how to prepare a squirrel. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, you clean him good. And uh, put him in a pot, and you cover him with water, and put you some salt and pepper, and put you a stick of butter in there, and you cook him till he gets tender. Or you can fry him, whichever one you prefer. 
And if you fry them, you would roll them in flour, pepper, and salt, and put them in hot oil. And that's good, too. And on the stewed one, when you cook them in a pot, you can make gravy with them. And you put you about two cups of milk. And uh, you take a little bit of flour and mix it with a little bit of water to thicken the gravy and put you some more butter and some more pepper in it. And you can have it that way. And then if you want to make dumplings with it, you can take you some uh, flour and some sh about maybe a fourth a cup of shortening, maybe two cups of flour. Mix that up good. Put your little bit of milk in it and leave it to where you can like drop dough. Drop it down in your hot uh, gravy and let them boil till they boil up and float. And then you have squirrel and dumplings. That's my favorite, squirrel dumplings. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's so, incredible. So if we got this right, Mama, we can do fried squirrel, uh, uh -huh. broth-like squirrel. Dumplings, you said? And dumplings? Yeah, you can make dumplings with them, and they're very good. <laughs> Sound, it sounds delicious. What, is it, what does it taste like? Uh, a little bit like chicken. Uh, it has no wild taste to it whatsoever. It's just a real, real good meaty taste. Mm. Not a lot of meat on there, but it's enough to make your gravy and dumplings really tasty. About how many squirrels do you need to feed your family? My family? Oh, gosh. Uh, to make a big pot full, I would probably need seven or eight squirrels for my family because I have a big family. And how do you, how do you, how do you get the squirrels? We, do we you go out them? in the woods and shoot them. Oh. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> that don't sound good, does it? <laughs> I thinking? I'm so sorry. <laughs> the highway I got started with this was when I, my dad passed away when I was uh, six years old, and it was just my mom and me and my uh, brother that's three years older than me. And uh, of the evening when we come home from school, she would take me over in the woods, and we would sit there, and she would get she would shoot most of the time around four squirrels would be enough for us. And she'd let me go get them and then take them home and she'd clean them. And that's how she fixed them. So that's how I learned to like them. That's an awesome story. Well, Mama, we'd love to have you on again to talk about more recipes. But this was really awesome. Thank you so much, well, Mama. Oh, you're quite welcome. You're quite welcome. So I want to hear tell that y'all have caught you a possum. And that you've had you some possum, or squirrel, or groundhog. <laughs> I think when Shelby gets back, she um, can make some with us. Yeah, Shelby will That's have to right. help us out. Oh, for sure. Show yeah. us the ropes. <laughs> yeah, I can help with that. Yeah, Shelby, I'll write all the directions down, and she can cook that up for you. So one, one more time for us. Uh, what are the ways that you can make squirrel? You can fry them, uh, or you can uh, stew them cook them on top of the stove, and make dumplings and gravy. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Mama. Oh, you're It's been awesome welcome. having you on. Thank you, Shelby. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Shelby. You. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. Uh -huh. Stay safe out there. You, uh -huh. you guys take care, too. Wow. That was really cool. I, I, 
I don't know about you, but I loved hearing about that. That was awesome. You think you'll ever eat it, Joey? Uh, I, I'm down to try anything, so I, w- I would definitely try it, but that's, I'm never gonna, I'm not gonna kill a squirrel myself, that, no way, and, and not a raccoon either, but I'll try both, for Ruth, sure. what about you? I think I would be down to try them, yeah. Yeah. Maybe both of them, a raccoon as well. Yeah, why you not? You never know. I mean, you don't know how desperate we're gonna get here. What about you? You trying them? Yeah, of course. Definitely. For sure. Why not? All right, guys. It's been an awesome episode. Thank you so much. Tune in next week to hear from our next special guest. Uh, you know, stay stay on the Instagram to find out who that's going to be or figure out the hints. Um, and keep giving us suggestions about who you want to hear and what you want to hear Joey and I do on the podcast. Yeah, totally. And make sure um, that you're staying safe out there because it's, it's you know, times are tough, but we, we got this. We love you guys. Bye.